Greetings, this is Brandon R. Scarborough here, host of Dear White Teacher. I know it's been a while. I'm so excited. It's a new year. Happy New Year. I know it's January 31st, but still Happy New Year. Um, I hope this first month um, has been gracious to you. I know it's whizzed by and it's February come tomorrow, but uh, Happy New Year and all of that. So listen, I apologize for not being up on what I was supposed to do and committing to what I was doing with Dear White Teacher. Some things happened in life that just kind of took me off track. And so um, I want to be accountable to those that are listening. I want to be accountable to those that support. I want to be accountable to those that um, even pushed me over this time to say, please don't stop doing this. Please continue on. And so, yeah, I apologize. I'm back committed. This is the first episode of 2024, and I'm excited. It's just me today. It's not a guest um, because I want to share with you my experience of something that I had the great opportunity to do um, towards the end of last year, and that was visit the Ryan Clark Academy. And so I just wanted to get on and talk and share with you some of my takeaways from um, the session that I went to and why I went to that session. So just a couple things. Um, first, the Ryan Clark Academy is just an extremely dope place to go and visit. And so if, if you work in education, if you are teaching, whatever your role may be, I absolutely recommend just taking a time out just to go down to Atlanta, Georgia, take a tour. I don't know what the setup is if they are not offering um, a session like I went to. Um, but I absolutely recommend just going to see it, going to see what they have put together on that campus that they offer their students. The campus is amazing. Um, they have put together a great team of people. Their team is on point. I mean, from the moment you get out your car until the moment you leave, their team is accommodating. They're welcoming. They are making sure you are, are, are okay. They're making sure that you know where you're going. Uh, they were welcoming. They were just uh, a pleasant team to, to meet and greet. And so just a little bit about the day that I went and got to experience what I got to experience there. Uh, Ron Clark himself opened up the day and shared a lot about the school, about himself. And um, what I didn't know is he's still an acting principal, but he still teaches a fifth grade math, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I got to sit in on his math class and it was uh, it was exciting. It was interesting. Uh, they use everything from dancing, drums. Uh, I started to say sound effects, but there was smoke coming out of. I don't. I can't even explain it. It, it was just such a sight to see because it showed me how exciting education can really be. Because these kids were so excited to learn. And it was very different. It's definitely not a traditional school. These kids don't even raise their hands, but they have to get up um, and stand up to speak. And I thought even about that, the, the model and the strategies that they use to keep these kids excited about learning, to keep them engaged, um, was amazing. About the students, amazing young people. I don't say that to invalidate the amazing kids you have in your classroom, not what I'm saying. But these kids were so... Um, they they acted as hosts while being students. So while they're in class learning, they are even actively making sure you know where you're going, that you are okay, that do you need anything? 
And so I, I have to give them credit for the way that they have trained these these young people to really be accommodating and welcoming even to adults. It was it was extremely pleasant to watch and to interact with them. Um, lunchtime, lunchtime, the students ate with us. And so it wasn't um, just adults in the cafeteria, but the kids were in there. They just came in and sat down like it was their regular lunch. And you would almost think you were talking to adults because they just sit down and say, hey, what's your name? How are you? Where are you from? What are you doing? And so while you almost would have thought that you would have been asking asking them questions about their experience there at the school, they are being inquisitive and asking you questions about what it is that you do. And so I, I thought that was extremely um, excellent and dope to see. And so uh, the kids, they're acting as hosts. And so I know one of the young ladies at our table, we asked her, you know, how does it make her feel to have to be a student and act as a host and with all the tourism and all the tourists and um, spectators that come in and out of the school. And she said, you know, it, it gets to be a lot sometime, but the experience of being able to that, to attend that school, she takes that um, and, and holds that close to her. She actually lived an hour away from the school one way. And so she drives in every day to attend the school and so the, the ride doesn't bother her because she appreciates the opportunity because she realized that everyone doesn't get it. And so I just thought that was a very mature um, outlook for her. And so I don't want to get into too many details about the school itself because I really want you to figure out how to get there. And so also let me throw in here, this is not a, uh, a paid, they don't even know I'm doing this, but what I took away from the session I went to, you know, I'm going to share a few things with you. This is not to, to get them to hear. I think it's just valuable information that I want people that listen to this podcast to hear and learn about. And hopefully that you take either and use in your classrooms or even take and go to a session yourself. Um, they offer so many. But the one I went to um, is, is the one I want to talk about. And so, you know. If you follow me for a bit, you know I have an organization called Dreams Academy where we mentor black males ages 10 to 15. We had the opportunity to expand in 2021 and we added Queens Academy to our organization, which is for young ladies who are 12 to 16. Uh, my initial passion though has been providing resources for our young men because it is my experience and it's even been recorded through data that there is a high percentage of young men that come from homes where their father is absent, deceased, or incarcerated. That said, anytime I can learn more and educate myself in a way that helps me lead Dreams Academy, I wanna take those opportunities and that's why I went to the Ron Clark Academy. The session I attended was called Reaching and Teaching Boys. That was the focus of my time there. And while I, I have a phone full of notes, I learned so much. It was so um, invigorating. I, I left so excited and inspired and motivated. I just want to share a couple of the things with you so I don't hold you long. Just a couple of the things that I was able to take away um, from the session because I am a black male that works with uh, black boys it was highly noticeable in the sessions that the info being shared was focused on black boys. I almost felt like they could have named the session Reaching and Teaching 
black boys or African-American boys. Um, but for obvious reasons, they probably could not. However, the focus of much of what we learned had to do had to do with that. There was a student panel of young men during our session, and all of the young men were minorities, mostly all being black. And so I could understand how and why the information was presented as such, because it was a microcosm of what they have there at their school. Um, before I jump in to what I want to share, this panel of young men were the most articulate and well-spoken young men I've seen. And you could tell that their responses were not or were genuine. They were not performing. They were not putting on a show. One of the criticisms I, I have heard even prior to me going there was the level of um, entertaining and dancing and almost like everything you so see on social media is it, just fun and, you know, kind of them just clowning around. But when you get to go, you see why the entertainment is a part of what they do. Because at the end of the day, if you are not engaging kids in things that they like, kids love music, kids love dancing, that makes the learning fun for them. And so, I mean, when they get an answer right, they doing all kinds of dances. And I mean, it, it was just so, so exciting to watch and to see them excited about what they were learning. And so let me, let me jump into this real quick. Um, here are a few takeaways from the reaching and teaching boys session at the Ryan Clark Academy. There was a lot of conversation surrounding the emotions of young men and how to show them care and concern in moments of anger and frustration. Oftentimes teachers, counselors, administrators go straight to the, the school rule book and what the school says you should do um, when at times those things do not deal with the humanity of a person. One strategy or method to consider when dealing with a frustrated or angry young man is to ask him or offer to him the opportunity to take as long as he needs before he is ready to talk about whatever the situation is and give him a chance to cool off, give, give him a chance to kind of get his bearings and, and deal, with, deal with his emotions and, and calm down. In this particular session, uh, the school counselor at, at the academy shared a story about a young man that had came to school one morning and he had a run in with his teacher immediately upon getting to class and got sent to her office. When he got there, he was still visibly angry and she said to him, do you need some time to yourself? And he responded, yes. However long later that was, once he was ready to talk, he shared with her about what had transpired at home before he even got to school, which caused him to bring his frustrations to school. So many times our young men are penalized for being mad and angry, but they don't have the proper knowledge, outlets, or tools to know how to deal with those emotions. And too often we expect these young men to be emotionally intelligent and be rational when that is not what they have been taught, nor have they been, nor has those behaviors been modeled for them. And so this young man came to school but his anger and frustration had nothing to do with anything that happened to do with school, but it had everything to do with what took place with him and his mother at the house and on the ride to school. Boys, and especially our black boys, are suspended at a much higher rate than girls. Matter of fact, they gave the data that in elementary school for every 100 girls suspended, there are 215 boys suspended. And so it was just a, a method, a strategy to say, 
What if we took the time to give them time to blow off some steam and try and pull things together and not in a way that seems like it's discipline as in go to the corner and get yourself together, but in a, in a way that is caring and it shows concern to say, hey, I understand you have something going on that may not have anything to do with us. And so why don't you take a moment, get yourself together and then come back and we can talk about what happened. And, and so you can get get yourself together and return to class. Um, he was able to pull it together and then come back and have a conversation with his counselor. And this is just me talking. This is what I've learned through my experience in education. And this will tie into what I want to share next. Understand that these young people, no matter, <laughs> no matter how much time you give them to blow off some steam, they are not going to have a conversation with just anybody. Um, if you have not presented yourself as a trusted individual or a safe space, they will not talk to you. It was clear that the counselor in this example, in this story, had shown herself to be trustworthy, caring, and genuine to where the young man not only shared his frustration, they talked about it. He acknowledged his wrong. She gave him a hug, sent him back to class. He went back, apologized to the teacher, and carried on uh, with his day. And so while it's probably not a ooh-ah, wow strategy, it is something to consider. You've probably heard it before. It's just something to consider when we are dealing with our young men who, who don't have the emotional intelligence to really know how to put their emotions in the right place and maybe put them to the side because I know I'm mad at mom, but now I'm at school. So I can't be mad at mom at school because the teacher has nothing to do with what happened at the house. Most of them just aren't there. A lot of us adults are not there. I've seen teachers come to school with home on their face, home on their sleeve, where they take out whatever is going on in the house on the student. So it can kind of go both ways. But I think um, learning emotional intelligence is something that we, we could all stand to do and being able to use it uh, for the student's advantage and so that they can have their best, best, day, best days in school and understand that there's somebody at school that understands that they get frustrated as well and will give them the opportunity to work out their frustrations without immediately running to discipline. The next takeaway is a loaded one, and it, it, it kind of, not piggybacks, but may come on the front end of what we just talked about, and it was called the facets of trust, which I believe plays a large role in, in the concept I just shared, where although it was the counselor that gave him this time to blow off steam and get itself together, the fact that he was able to come back and have a conversation with her about what was going on at home is really, really big. Had he not had a trusting relationship with her, that story would have looked and sounded much different. Trust is a really big, a huge relational principle in teaching and reaching boys. In my experience with uh, parents in education in the classroom and working with and mentoring both young boys and girls and for real in the African-American community as black folks, we struggle with trust for a variety of reasons. I'll keep this limited to the education world, but we know that black children will have majority white teachers, if not all white teachers, from kindergarten to high school graduation. I even consider myself fortunate uh, from 
kindergarten to eighth grade, I had one African-American teacher. And then I went to a public high school that had a 99% black student population. And we had what I would consider a higher than usual, higher than average amount of not only black teachers, but counselors and even principals. And so my very first principal as a freshman in high school was uh, Dr. Sylvester Sylvester Small, who is a uh, highly regarded educational genius in our area. And so I'm bringing this up for the white teachers that are listening so that you understand how big a concept trust is in the classroom and in relationships with students and parents. So there were five facets of trust. So what are they? They are clarity, credibility, consistency, care, and connection. I was laughing to myself as I was reading over the notes and and thinking and talking all this out, but it almost sounds like these are dating and relationships tips as well. But this is not a dating podcast, so I'm, I'm going to stay focused. But these are concepts that probably could and should be used in relationships um, because we are not dating and marrying folks that we do not trust, right? Okay, let's focus. This is about reaching and teaching boys. Clarity is simply being clear. Being clear builds trust as it eliminates any room for guessing. Being clear may look or sound different depending on who are who you are talking to. So be flexible in your communication and choice of words, but clarity is a facet of building trust. Not only should you be clear in your communication, but be clear in your actions as well. Do what you say you are going to do. Credibility was the second facet. What does that look like for you? How do you create and show credibility in reaching and teaching boys? And so for me, the answer to that was actually what the third facet of building trust is, which was credibility or I'm sorry, consistency. You build credibility by being consistent. Consistency is key to any relationship. I've watched this happen in the classroom and in my own organization, Dreams Academy. When we are consistent Young men notice it and notice that and it becomes a foundation for trust. So many young men deal with abandonment issues and trauma. They have become used to people walking in and out of their lives. They have become used to broken promises so much so that they have numbed themselves to the thought of anyone being consistently present in their life. So when you keep showing up and do more than just talk and actually be reachable and present, They finally let you in and let their guard down with you. It is your consistency that allowed that. Again, consistency builds your credibility. As you are clear with them and building credibility, credibility through consistency, you have to show a level of care for them. This is an education podcast. And so, of course, we are talking about the classroom environment, but care goes beyond the classroom. Are you interested in them as a human being? What do they like to do? What are they interested in? When you see them down and frustrated or or sad, how are you approaching them to let them know that you care about them as a person? I think we underestimate sometimes the power of something small like going past their desk and just putting your hand on their shoulder as a sign of safety and reassurance that you care about them. 
a smile and a hug can go such a long way. And the reality is so many of our young men are yearning for and internally screaming out, screaming out just to know that somebody cares about them. The last facet of trust is connection. How are you connecting with the young men that are in your circle of influence? How do you use not only your similarities as a connection to, but also your differences? A constant theme that comes up in this podcast is just being yourself. Don't change who you are in an attempt connect to connect. Be you. It's authentic, it's genuine, and it is far more appreciated and received than you trying to be someone you are not. So the five facets of trust, they are clarity, credibility, consistency, care, and connection. And I think if you stick to those five things and keep them um, at the forefront, you will find yourself able to build uh, lasting, trusting relationships with the young men that you are teaching and reaching. So listen, I hope this was helpful. It was just a real quick lesson as we jump back into our episodes, and I'm so excited about our upcoming guest. I wanted to share my experience with you, but upcoming going forward, I'm going to introduce you to uh, my staff and my team of Dreams and Queens Academy in the coming episodes, and we're going to talk about the importance of mentoring in our community, as well as the things that we get to hear our students say about education, about how they feel about being in the classroom, how they feel about the relationships that uh, they have and do not have with the people that they come in contact to with the most, which are their teachers. Say So stay tuned. I'm glad we're back. Keep rocking with me. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. We will talk with you soon. Have a great day. Peace.